You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Welcome to SuperPod, the No Filter MSP show. I'm Monica, the product evangelist at SuperOps.ai, and I will be your host for the day. And today I have an amazing person on the show. She's a friend. She's a great friend of mine. And uh, she's a managing partner at uh, Lifecycle Insights. Um, Marnie is an experienced customer success and sales leader. Uh, but before I go on about her, I think we should first welcome her on our, onto our show. So welcome, Marni. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here today. So, so is there something that I, I know there's, there's a lot that you've done, and I don't think uh, my introduction does any justice. So why don't you kind of chime in and tell us uh, about yourself? Sure. Um, so, you know, I ended up in the uh, managed service world by the usual route, starting out as a high school math teacher. No, I don't, oh, I don't that's think interesting. That's... Okay, that's interesting. I, I want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, there, there's a lot more in common than I would have expected uh, along the way. But I so I taught high school math, ended up getting into administration in the school system where I worked with a software platform and ended up presenting the platform in front of the owners of the company who said you should come run customer success for uh, our company. Uh, so I did that for many years. We got acquired multiple times until we ended up with a pretty huge team. Um, we did about 20 million ARR with over 95% retention rate. So yeah, there was a a lot of work there. Uh, And in the course of that, uh, really developed great relationships with some developers. And we thought like, hmm, we'd like to, we'd like to give a run at this ourselves. So that's, that's, that's the start there. Wow. Interesting. But this, this part is really got my attention. So the teaching part, um, you know, in, in our family, in my family, we have a line of teachers. My mom's a teacher. I've done a bit of uh, training for uh, high school kids for a while. So this is interesting. So from teaching to IT space and particularly the MSP space. So walk me through it. Walk me through the journey. How how did the whole thing happen? I know you did tell me, but walk no, me through okay. the story. Yeah, yeah. I'd like the details. Yeah. Yes. So it's interesting when you're in education, um, mm-hmm. folks folks think of a teacher. Okay, like I know what teachers do. Uh, mm-hmm. They sort of, they, because everybody's been to school, people un- seem to understand what a teacher does, what their life is like. And they don't think much beyond those pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. And so um, I've played volleyball with well, someone who is now my business partner, Alex Farley, for <laughs> probably 30 years at this point. <laughs> tell him, tell him hi from me, tell him hi from me. And, and all I knew about him was mm-hmm. he was a quote unquote an IT guy. Like that is, okay. that is what we knew about each other. So mm-hmm. because we sort of thought we knew what each other did, we didn't really have those conversations. So mm-hmm. um, as I just mentioned, mm-hmm. some developers and I were very interested in finding a good problem to solve, right? And we knew mm-hmm. our experience came with data, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the classroom, I, I really use the data in the software, red, yellow, green, keep it simple, make mm-hmm. decisions based on, based on what you see in front of mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So um, I was playing volleyball one night and I was talking about 
um, wanting to find a problem to solve. And, and he said, well, I thought, I thought you were a teacher. And I said, well, I was a teacher, but, you know, I landed in, in customer success. Um, and, and I said, are there any problems to solve in the mm -hmm. IT space? And he said, oh, my lands, yes. Today I spent seven hours cobbling together spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. I think that's a technical term for how to do business reviews in the space because we hear mm -hmm. it all the time, cobbling mm -hmm. together spreadsheets and there's gotta be an easier way right. to create my QBR, quarterly business review, technical mm -hmm. business, right? Whatever three letters you wanna string mm -hmm. together to do mm -hmm. the business reviews. Is, is this something like this data is in all of these disparate sources? Is mm -hmm. there some way to pull it together? Get well, up. that is exactly sort of what our background was in terms of teaching and assessment and, and software development. Right. So, right. so, you know, I always joke a guy and a girl walk into a bar, uh, you know, we had this conversation <laughs> right. and, and he, he said, like, can you get your developers on a call and kind of mm -hmm. did a, a pitch tank in front of us, right? He, he got out PowerPoint slide decks and told us all about the managed service space. Um, and we saw some real opportunities mm -hmm. to simplify data organization and collection to put mm -hmm. red, green, blue reporting in front of you in the same mm -hmm. way that teachers who are standing in front of 30 students at one time have to make fast decisions based on data. Mm -hmm. Managed service providers need to be able to make aggregated decisions, not one asset at a time. I, oh, right, let me go right. check this computer. Let me see if this single user has right. logged in. Like you right. need that aggregated information. Um, right. So that's not the only connection between education, <laughs> but the data piece is right. what positioned. I was a math mm -hmm. major, right? so the data was not foreign to me. Um, mm -hmm. And working in the ed tech space, that was really mm -hmm. my focus, which mm -hmm. naturally transitioned into right. IT we're all about data. Um, right. So that's kind of how it transitioned there. Interesting. Interesting. So, so what is Lifecycle Insights all about? Tell me, tell me uh, what the company is all about. What is it that you, uh, you know, in terms of services, in terms of value, what is it that you guys do? So um, we are all about raving fans. Our core value <laughs> okay. to really have raving fans. <laughs> Okay, so I'll start with that. But that's not what pays the bills, of course. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to say um, we help MSPs identify and define um, strategic mm -hmm. value to their clients. So, okay. we really give insights, particularly mm -hmm. around assets, user, users, um, et cetera, so they mm -hmm. can build a fast, consistent, scalable business review process. And like I said before, mm -hmm. there are QBRs, TBRs, SBRs, EBRs, right? Whatever you want to call right. your business review. I'll call them QBRs so I don't have to repeat that over and over again in this. Okay. But we really help automate the mm -hmm. QBR process. So we okay. integrate with platforms that let you automate that information. And then we mm -hmm. also have risk assessments um, mm -hmm. where you can build your own risk assessment. And that's really the key is mm -hmm. to help identify the business pain, not mm -hmm. the tech gadget pieces, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're not, the business owners aren't interested in this particular serial number. What they're interested in right. is knowing what business pain fixing that Correct. serial number. Yes, yeah. So we help tie those two pieces together for mm -hmm. quick delivery of business reviews so they can really scale a business mm -hmm. review process, which is typically done by a customer success type of role. So whether it's mm. the VCO, the owner who is doing the sales piece of it, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. really where the buy-in comes together with my background in, in customer success. Interesting. So uh, just, just to kind of um, 
you know, drill down a little. And tell me about uh, one, uh, you know, success story, one memorable customer success story that you've, uh, you know, had uh, here in Lifecycle Insights. I know you're going to say like you have plenty because, you know, raving fans and all of that stuff. I get it, but tell me one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Ken. Um, so, so one of my favorites is probably the first time we heard it, um, okay. and that was so probably you know that was years ago, a year ago or so. Um, we had a gentleman on a call mm -hmm. who was listening to us talk about the process of a business review, and he put in the chat, um, mm -hmm. "You always say just follow the process and it'll happen," but I've been stuck at $250,000 worth of, MR, of ARR for oh. 10 years. Oh. And so we asked to jump on a call. Mm -hmm. um, we jumped on a call with him and, and helped him build out his first presentation uh, and really handheld him through the process in terms mm -hmm. of building a report. And not just that, but how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what we learned in the course of that is exactly mm -hmm. what I mentioned earlier. There was a lot of technical talk and like, I need to come do patch and, you know, patch this mm -hmm. and stack mm -hmm. that and, and all mm -hmm. of these pieces, mm -hmm. um, instead of the value it was bringing to the business. So mm -hmm. with him, our adoption specialist helped to, to build out his presentation and he sold $80,000 worth of projects. Wow. Wow. And he, um, he came back to us a month later and said mm -hmm. that someone who worked with him who had been there for the last six years said, you haven't sold a new client in six years and now you've sold two in the past month. Wow. So in the world of building raving fans, mm -hmm. we really believe that customer success is about making customers successful. So mm -hmm. whatever that takes. And while we believe the product, you know, is we try to make it as user-friendly as possible, of course, right. To plug mm -hmm. and play. Um, mm -hmm. We believe that helping you help your clients is what makes you successful um, and really how we define our customer success for ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's an amazing story. I mean, you turn things around uh, something that hasn't happened for six years, you said, right. Six years. Yeah. And then there's, there's, double success in less than a month. I think uh, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, back to the teaching um, part. So yes. So, so so my question is around now. Now when when you're doing a when you're in a particular profession, there are a bunch of things that you that you kind of learn, right? There's certain uh, things that you learn that comes with your experience and the time spent in that field and a lot of such things, right? So now that you've transitioned to the IT space, to the MSP space, what are some of the learnings? What are some of the things that, uh, you know, the, the teaching profession has kind of, or, okay, let me kind of rephrase that. Uh, what are some of the um, takeaways from teaching that you think are relevant in what you're doing right now? It, I know you. I know you talk a lot of you. You've been talking a lot about customer success, and I'm going to come to that later. But you know, in terms of sales, marketing, in terms of you know partnering with uh, other vendors, or in terms of customers, you know, just yeah. about anything. So, so what are what are some of the things you're able to pick from there and implement it here? So, so I was surprised when I started because I, I growing up I always said I wanted to be a teacher, so I hadn't really considered going other avenues. Yes, right. Um, until somebody said like, hey, you should come do this for us. Mm -hmm. But when I, 
reflect on it. Like, mm -hmm. let's start with sales. I think, mm -hmm. okay, if you think teachers um, aren't good salespeople, then you stand in front of 30, 17 year olds and teach them pre-calculus. Like you, you're selling something. You better, yeah. you better <laughs> <laughs> right. They, right. they yeah, want yeah. to hear about right. because right. they can show up because they were hoping to buy some pre-calculus that day, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Otherwise, and right. I kind of have a, a story around mm -hmm. that that mm -hmm. I feel like um, connects to the tech world. So, mm -hmm. so one day I was teaching what is pretty much an algorithmic, tedious math task, and I thought. Okay. What are, what are these guys gonna wanna get out of this? Well, mm -hmm. one of the things that this particular algorithm does is it makes it very fast to mm -hmm. solve a problem, mathematically, mm -hmm. you know, like in your head. And mm -hmm. these had a group of competitors, right? They were mm -hmm. 17 year old competitors. And so mm -hmm. I said, all right, I'm gonna let you guys race me today. Um, okay. We're gonna put an equation on the board and I let them define okay. the equation. Okay. And, uh, so they feel like I'm not gaming the system. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. And I'm going to let you use your calculators. And wow. I said, no, I got to tell you guys, I'm good. Uh -huh. So I, I'm not like this, but that's it. Uh, okay. you know, I was like, right. all right, so we're racing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna, and I said, you're going to get to tell me the number to plug in. Are your calculators on? You guys better be like, <laughs> So they're all like, and I know, I know in particular, this one guy is like, uh, he's ready. He wants to beat me. Right, right. So, put the number on the board. Mm -hmm. And when I say complicated, it's the equation. It's like something mm -hmm. to the X, the fifth, to the fourth, to right. the third, right? Mm -hmm. So I oh, do the math. And that's <laughs> that what everybody else got. Um, and they were like, I didn't uh, even get the first thing plugged whoa. in. I was like, sorry, I, I, we can try again. Let's do okay. it again. Okay. You, you know what? You probably think I cheated somehow. So let's erase uh -huh. this. Give me another equation. They give okay. me another equation. Give uh -huh. me another like I said, now this time, are your calculators on? Like, do you get what you're going to do? Because mm -hmm. this is getting embarrassing for you, right? So, <laughs> we go again. I'm like 177. Did everybody come up with 177? <laughs> and I said, right. all right, so how many of you would like to learn the magic that just happened mm -hmm. up there? Mm -hmm. And they all raised their hands. And I said, well, let's look over at the sideboard at the objectives. Today's objectives mm -hmm. learn how to do polynomial substitution or synthetic substitution. That's okay. what we're going to do. And I'm not kidding. They were like banging the desk, falling out of chairs. They were Whoa. so bad. Like, right. stuff, I don't even want to learn pre-calculus. And now I want to learn pre-calculus. Oh. <laughs> right. So, it's one of those, um, you know, as a teacher, of course, I bring books to the show, right? So mm -hmm. uh, Simon Sinek, start with why. If they mm -hmm. believe in your why, they'll mm -hmm. buy your what. Good. So I feel like when managed service providers over talk technology and mm -hmm. gadgets flux capacitors and widgets and bells and whistles mm -hmm. that the message gets lost and you just sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, like mom, mom, mom. <laughs> Right. <laughs> a compelling why where they're mm -hmm. like, I want to do whatever they're doing. So when those compelling whys are really about improving their business, increasing um, security, stability, right? You get better business outcomes because your technology is secure, stable, reliable, mm -hmm. supportable. That's an easy why, right? Like, cause it's all about them. So mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing in terms of sales, um, right? right? 
if I'm trying to pitch pre-calc to a bunch of 17 year olds, mm -hmm. I had to give them a solid good reason. Cause how many times did you sit in math class and say, mm, miss whoever, yeah, I don't, yeah. what am I ever going to use this? Right. Right. So I had to, give them, you had to give them the reason. And the same thing that if your business owner doesn't understand the why of why they need additional security measures, mm. although I think mm. that's clearer and clearer these days, mm. it just seems like a cost center instead of a real value add. Right, right. I think uh, I think what you're saying makes absolute sense because if you can't talk to my why, then you know why exactly would I even you know pick your service, buy your service, buy a product from you? So yes, that I think that's an amazing story as well. It kind of kind of takes me back to my college days, but yeah, uh, what you're saying <laughs> makes sense. Yes, I mean yeah, we, like seriously, math is a difficult subject because it's it's kind of boring as as you kind of uh, go up. The ladder. I mean, in terms of schools, yeah. once you kind of, you know, go for your higher grades, math gets really difficult and to, to kind of entice them to get excited about what you have to offer. I think that is what every company, every salesperson needs to address. How do I get the customer excited about what I'm selling? So in order to do that, you need to talk to their wife. Well put. Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, I've heard anyone else uh, put that so quite uh, nicely. So, what about marketing? Now we've, we've you know we've talked about sales. So, is there something that something that you bring from teaching to marketing? Absolutely. Um, I, of course, I bring another story. Don't worry, I don't have. One story. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a pretty good story. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my niece last night about this and. Uh, and when I mentioned marketing and I told her this story, she said, oh, you've you got to tell this story in the morning. Um, so, so this is the power of the word of mouth, right? So mm -hmm. this is social media referrals, um, social proof, testimonials, et cetera. So when I started teaching, uh, I was 21. So if you think about what the average 21 year old looks like, uh, mm. and you're a 17 year old in class, right. um, their age, right? <laughs> so I also coached volleyball. So I was at a volleyball match after mm -hmm. school. Uh, so I'm in sweats and with my hair in a ponytail. So I look like mm -hmm. I was six and a half, right? Um, and the police came into the gym, mm -hmm. called me over and asked mm -hmm. if I knew the particular student. And I said, I mm -hmm. did. And mm -hmm. he said that, um, that the student had left a note at home saying that um, a suicide note at home and his stepdad for Magnum was missing and could yeah. I help Kate the student mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so another teacher and I took off and started running in opposite directions around the outside of the school and I mm -hmm. can remember as I'm running like I don't what happens right I don't mm -hmm. what happens if I find him in any condition right, right. Like they train you for this in college right. this is not yeah. the teacher program right mm -hmm. well and of course I hit my first corner around the back school and he's right there thankfully standing um, okay family so right. let's, let's story with that. Um, mm. And he's leaning against the back of the, the wall. Mm. And, um, and again, I don't know what to say. And to this day, I couldn't tell you exactly what I said. I know I babbled mm -hmm. on. And, mm -hmm. I'm scared. I'm scared. The police told us that you would might be here. I'm so glad mm -hmm. to find you here, able to talk to me. Right. And I, I talk him into, and I kind of, I mini like check to make sure he doesn't mm -hmm. have a gun immediately on him. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I said, and I just asked, like, I really care. Would you come with me to the front of school? And so he comes with me and um, like what seems like an hour, it's probably five minutes later, the mm -hmm. other teacher ran around and found me, checked in on us and said he was going to go get the police. And again, I find this odd. The student is six feet tall. I'm five, five. And, right. uh, you know, oh, he mm -hmm. may or may not have a 
gone. Um, right. And again, this is different times, right? This was 1992. Um, right. And so, so there were a bunch of kids in front of school that saw this going on, but didn't think much of it. And so I said to him, I don't know the rules. I bet they'll put you in handcuffs, but it's just mm -hmm. to protect you. Um, mm -hmm. No, but what we're going to do is get you help because mm -hmm. I want to see you back in class, you know, right. when, when right. better. we need to get you better first. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so the cops come out and mm -hmm. when they do, the principal comes out and she said, Marnie, here comes the local reporter. You probably don't want to be involved in this. Why don't you go mm -hmm. stand with the kids? You look like a kid anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think great. I want no part of this. So right. I wish him luck, tell him I care about him. And I just go stand with a group of kids who saw that interaction. Mm -hmm. At that point, the cops get his book bag. They pull the gun out. I feel like they pass out. I think like, oh my gosh, I can't believe right. this really thing. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, the local news reports mm -hmm. the next day mm -hmm. that the cops chased him down in the backfield, wrestled him to the ground and brought him to the front of school. But the students saw me I wasn't married at the time so it's Miss mm. Delara saw Miss mm. Delara bring him around so word went out on the street that Miss mm -hmm. Delara doesn't care if you have a gun she will mm. chase you down and tackle you down in the backfield and mm -hmm. you know this kid's much bigger than I am mm -hmm. so word on the street was like mm -hmm. I was tough and so I wrote zero referrals my first year mm -hmm. teaching like the word went out <laughs> don't let Miss Delara right like, right, like right. <laughs> Right. I told this story 20 years later in mm -hmm. the, um, in another school, in another district. And mm -hmm. a substitute teacher looked at me and said, you're her. You're like urban legend. Oh. Everybody oh. said, don't mess with her because of that story. Right. So that is the power of word of mouth, right? right? So that's a long way to get to the fact that in the world mm -hmm. of marketing, mm -hmm. if you develop some credibility for yourself, which you should do through education, right? Mm -hmm. So there's mm -hmm. another connection. If you do go through education, et cetera, and get referrals and social proof where other people tell your story, it is shocking mm -hmm. um, how it really grows for you. And at, right. and frankly, at 21, to have people say, don't mess with her. Mess in with class, yeah. yeah. Like that is ideal. So mm -hmm. in terms of, again, books to the table, growth hackers right. is sort of all about <laughs> right. how your audience right. to grow your social proof testimonials mm -hmm. on your website. So I highly encourage managed service providers to, mm -hmm. you know, get referrals from their current clients because their mm -hmm. current clients telling the story of them is mm -hmm. much more powerful than right. them telling their own story. Right, right. Yes, that I think that makes absolute sense. I think there's nothing like, particularly in marketing, there's nothing like, uh, you know, referrals or word of mouth. I mean, you could be doing some crazy campaign, you could be uh, you know, spending, you know, hundreds of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on your campaigns or, you know, just about anything for that matter. But if you don't have enough people to tell you or to, I mean, not tell you, but then, you know, to tell others how good a service you provide them or, you know, how great your product is or how it is helping them. I, I don't think, I mean, it, it's just money spent is what I think. If you don't yeah. have enough uh, validation behind it. Right. Correct. Anybody Correct. can buy an ad, but you need others yeah. to validate it. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, uh, so now I want to ask you. Uh, so, what, what, what is some of um, uh, you, you, you did say that you know word of mouth is important uh, when it comes to marketing, right? That's that's the that's the core idea that we just discussed. So, when it comes to uh, so now I want to kind of tie it back to uh, life cycle insights. So, tell me one, uh, you know 
one such moment that you had, you know, here. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so it kind of ties into the next idea that we we're going to talk about, which is collaboration and partnership. Um, okay. So I think that, that finding good partners, whether they are paying partners or other vendor partners in the space mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. is very powerful. Um, mm -hmm. So on, on May the 4th, we did a, a, a Star Wars mock uh, Rogue One event with other okay. partners in the space. So we have good friends okay. at Ninja RMM and OIT mm -hmm. uh, and CNWR. And, and we, as a group together, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. created this fun event that also did some education around cybersecurity. So we had 500 people register, um, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of encouragement to, to do another. So mm -hmm. we're actually doing, so Jurassic Sock is part two of that. Yeah, I saw that, I saw that. Okay, so we <laughs> doubled the number of people who have registered just from word of mouth of like, okay, these folks are doing some fun education content. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and so that word of mouth is really mm -hmm. very powerful um, right. and, and really having connections in the space. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole collaboration in marketing, I think, is strong. Right. And also the power of educating um, is really key, which I, which right. I said before. You've right. got to right. educate them. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So how does all of this, I know your, your biggest strength is uh, customer success, right? I mean, that is something that's close to your heart, at least, you know, you, you know, you light up when you talk about it. So yeah. uh, how, how do, um, you know, each of these uh, things that we talked about, you know, sales, marketing, partnerships, how does all of this kind of tie in or add to uh, customer success? Or is there anything like that? Oh, 100%. So, so if they don't work well together, you feel mm -hmm. it. So how can that happen? If sales sells a book of goods that isn't in fact what you deliver, it mm -hmm. destroys success, right? right. So I, you know, I mentioned raving fans was one of our core values. Transparency is another. I like to be very clear. People will mm -hmm. say, oh, you need to do what X, Y, or Z competitor does. And mm -hmm. I'll define the lines. This is mm -hmm. where they win. This is where we win. This is the value we add, et cetera. So I think, um, if sales and customer success don't work well together, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that it can really hurt the relationship. And sales would say the same thing. So sales has to make promises that customer success can deliver. Correct. And then customer success needs to, in fact, I say this all the time, like customer mm -hmm. success needs to be about the customer's success um, right. in their business, hitting mm -hmm. their goals. Mm -hmm. And because if that doesn't happen, then sales loses their referrals. And if positive word of mouth is good, mm -hmm. you should see what happens at the power of negative word of mouth, right? So right, right. really all ties together that when you have raving fans um, that will speak highly of you, will give you testimonials, et cetera, that word mm -hmm. of mouth is powerful. And then if you in fact don't deliver mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. customer success, then it mm -hmm. can crush the other two departments. So they, everybody really does have to kind of play together nicely in the sandbox. Right. Because right. all about, if everyone's sole focus is mm -hmm. helping customers be successful with your mm -hmm. platform, product, mm -hmm. services, et cetera. It's a mm -hmm. win for everybody. Right. So I have, I have, I have one question uh, related to this. So now if, if you actually look at it, I mean, in an ideal world, you would want everyone to focus on the success of the customer because only, if, only when they are successful is when you 
are successful, right? That's something that you said at the beginning of the um, uh, podcast. So my question to you now is, uh, there are a lot of teams, right? There's sales, there's marketing, there's probably um, a, a, a finance team, and then there's a product team. So you have, there's, the, there's a, a support team, there's a tech team. So there's, there are a lot of teams that kind of work together. But then when, uh, when you're a small team, when you're a small company, you just have a bunch of people and it's easy to collaborate, to make uh, the vision known to everyone and everyone's working towards a, a common goal. So just bear with me. So where I'm getting, uh, getting to is this. But when companies kind of become big, right? It's, um, it's natural for teams to work in silos because, you know, each team has its own individual goal. You know, the sales team is like, you know, get so much revenue. Marketing is like, get so many leads. Uh, support, uh, support team is like, you know, reduce the number of tickets or, you know, deliver great support. So each team has its own OKRs. And when each team is chasing their individual goals, you know, how, how does this, how does the customer become the center of attention or center of focus? Because everyone's chasing their own goals, right? So, yep. so uh, my question to you is, do you have any suggestions or tips on how, all these teams, everyone can work towards the central or towards one goal, making, uh, you know, your customers successful. Well, I do think a good bit of that is around your company's core values. So, like I said, our number one core value is raving fans. So right. at all of our leadership meetings, at all of our company meetings, and we do our own quarterly business reviews. Shocker mm-hmm. that a quarterly business review company <laughs> does our quarterly business reviews. <laughs> first thing we talk about. And we mm-hmm. talk about what raving fans look like from a sales perspective, from mm-hmm. a support perspective. But the other mm-hmm. piece, this is in every role I've ever had in education, industry, et cetera, it's around communication. Mm -hmm. I've often said that customer success managers are English to English translators, which seems Mm -hmm. odd because you wouldn't Mm -hmm. wouldn't need an English English translator, but the English is technology and the other English is business or Mm -hmm. school systems. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to be able to say, Mm -hmm. hey, sales team, Hmm. What my businesses are asking for hmm. is they are looking for a way to be hmm. when, when COVID hit right hmm. now, the hmm. message is how can we hit, how can we help them become remote workers? So hmm. sales team needs to understand to hit their OKRs, the hmm. business pain we're solving is remote work hmm. support. Team. We are trying to work from home. So if someone calls you and says, you know, this is not working. I can't VPN from my house. That is in fact an emergency for them. Whereas before the problem might've been like, okay, they're working from the office. So their VPN from home maybe wasn't a priority. It is a priority. So if you get, if you understand the business pain Hmm. so that each departments, right? Engineering, Hmm. I know we were focusing on this, but Hmm. now all of the businesses are concerned with this topic. How right. can we help address that? So to really, and, and I think that's top down, bottom up. It's got to be right. another book for you, the culture. <laughs> got to right. be an open door. Everyone's allowed to bring hmm. priorities to the table and you right. need the conversation communication around hmm. 
what are the business pains we're hearing and how does each department solve them that help address their OKRs? So sales doesn't Mm -hmm. worry about the VPN issue that support's going to handle, but they need to understand that the practices, policies, services they're going to sell right now help support the need for remote work. And that changes, obviously, especially when you switch to a pandemic or go back to work. So really, and that is what customer success brings to the table is Mm -hmm. the listening and understanding the needs of the customer and translating it back to the company. So you're really a big connector um, Mm -hmm. between the businesses and Mm -hmm. your business. Got it. Right, right. I, I particularly like the way you said, you know, it, it needs to be an English to English communication. I think that kind of uh, makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of, uh, lot of this ties back to the core values of the company, right? Everything has to trickle down. Everything has to be communicated to everyone in yes. uh, the company and everyone has to speak the same language. English or not, but everyone has to speak the same language. Other countries speak other languages. What's the classroom, I think, is the same thing, right? In, in the math class, I was translating like mm-hmm. all of the magic that was happening on the board with right. what they understood then, right? So making connections for folks. Correct, correct. That makes sense. That makes sense. And now to the to the really good part. Um, so I know you you're you're writing a book. So first, tell us when is it going to be launched. So we're planning on launching the book in November. Um, now let's not say there are plenty of books out there on customer success. <laughs> okay, a couple of others, right? I like um, <laughs> Getting Naked by Peter Lencioni, which is always an interesting one, especially if you're going to mm-hmm. stand in front of seventeen year olds mm-hmm. and say that title. Uh, <laughs> magic. Um, by um, Lee Cockrell, who was a VP at Disney. So sort of the customer success world at the, at, right. at the Disney World Resort. Um, so I'm writing the book called, literally, the book mm-hmm. on customer success for MSPs. Uh, and it is really um, about some of the story of the why, right? Because they've got to believe the why. So an mm-hmm. understanding of why customer success is important um, as its mm-hmm. own entity inside of MSPs. Because so for so many, especially companies that start um, small with a sole owner, mm-hmm. uh, customer success is very ad hoc. In the right. industry as a whole, in all industries, cons- customer success is a relatively new department as opposed to right. sales, right? People can right. selling as soon as they realize they could trade things. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a good portion of the why, but then there's a lot of the tactical pieces. And you mentioned this, I thought you said this really well. As you grow to a larger company, mm-hmm. um, how do you keep the, the same level of support and success right. for your clients when right. you are going to have to automate some pieces? So there are three core beliefs of processes I believe that a company has to have around customer mm-hmm. success. You have to understand your customer's health and mm-hmm. automate what you can. But you mm-hmm. can't just go on a gut check because a gut mm-hmm. check is going to throw a gut punch when someone churns that you didn't right. see coming. You right. have to have insights into opportunity. And right. the same in the classroom. I gave tests in a classroom. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. see where there were opportunities for learning, where there were opportunities mm-hmm. for extension because they already knew. So mm-hmm. in a business world, that's where there are opportunities for sales, right? As you look right. at MS, along your stack, ancillary mm-hmm. services, 
where can I help this client do better in their business with my business? <laughs> and last, the process piece, which is key. Um, I, I, I observed a teacher who was very good working one-on-one -on -one with students, but I watched her play whack-a-mole around the classroom and the rest of the class went bananas. And I wow. said, you have to have a process for right. going from one to many. And right. so many times an MSP starts to feel frantic when they've been Johnny on the spot answering all mm -hmm. the questions for all the people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then their success has gotten them more success. And right. now they've clients to be 24 mm -hmm. seven text messaging back to their clients. Right. So the processes in place, what can mm -hmm. we automate? What can't be automated? And how do we segment right. our clients to give them what they need? Right. When I worked in a small school district, I did not need a meeting with all of my vendors. Once a week, I would have lost my mind. I had too many. <laughs> right. And I yes. told them, this is how I want to work with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when mm -hmm. I'm 12, I will come to you. I know right. you can come back once a month, right? Or so to segment your client base and put processes in place so mm -hmm. that you can still get the level of service you want to give, even mm -hmm. if that service is automated sometimes. So I think those are those are the three key kind of elements of customer success where there are metrics and data. Because what is, you know, I told you I wanted to talk about assessments, right? What right. is inspected is what is expected. If you don't right. have data on it, how are you right. delivering anything? around it Correct. so that's Correct. kind of the focus book that should be out in november so hold me to it <laughs> yeah i am i am i am going to i think and i, and I think i can also expect uh to read a lot of uh, stories from your uh, teaching days because um i think you're an amazing storyteller and i'm 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 so looking forward to your book yeah. <laughs> well, all right, so before I let you go, I just have two questions for you. So do you have any, do you, do you have any recommendations, um, you know, resources, books, podcasts, anything that you think uh, our listeners should read to, to kind of get better at what they're doing? So I've certainly listed a bunch of resources. I did uh, in study for this, watch a bunch of your podcasts. So I say, let's continue ah, that. <laughs> all right, thank you. <laughs> there are a lot of great communities in the, the MSP space, right? So right, right. I think if you're not connected um, mm -hmm. to folks on social and goodness knows we're everywhere, right? You can Discord, Slack, uh, Reddit, right. Facebook, right. Tribe Community, highly recommend them as right. good resources. Um, right. I think all of those things to find a place where um, you you can trust, you know, the social mm -hmm. proof that is out there, right? Mm -hmm. As I mentioned. Right. And I mentioned um, a lot of books. I can always plug a few more. Good to Great is, is a favorite for business and leadership okay. and leaders eat okay. fast. Um, okay. So yeah, that's kind of where I would Nice. I'll start there. Okay. So right. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 uh, point about community has got me thinking. Quick question, just a detour there. So there are so right now in uh, the MSP space, there are a lot of communities. So you have Reddit, you have Discord, you have, uh, uh, you know, you have some amazing uh, communities like you know the one that Nigel Moore runs, Tech Tribe. Yes. So when you have so many communities, does it, does it feel like, and then there's obviously there's social media, you have uh, Facebook and then you have LinkedIn and you know, a bunch of other uh, social uh, channels. 
does it ever does it ever feel like an overload of information because everyone's talking everyone's talking so much on all of these platforms very engaging uh, communities but does it ever feel like an overload of information to you uh, well it's certainly it is a lot um and we spread it up amongst the team to kind okay. of filter through so mm -hmm. i think um i think for companies they need to choose a focus mm -hmm. um and feel I always say whack-a-mole right like very distracted right. by all mm -hmm. of the places so to find one that you trust as mm -hmm. a resource it's, it's mm -hmm. trust but verify do you need to be in all 11 to 52 different spots right. I don't know that you uh, as a matter of fact when we first started the company and mm -hmm. I was learning that you know I do not have a degree in marketing or sales um, and so I had to learn it and learning it from Again, I was reviewing everything on YouTube, on mm -hmm. books. I have a whole shelf of books. I've got, um, you know, lists of what influencers to follow on Facebook and Instagram. And I finally mm -hmm. said, all right, stop. I'm going to go with, <laughs> right. I believe that this person has the right messaging. And I mm -hmm. invested in consulting around that um, okay. because it's too easy to get sort of that splinter faction. Right, uh, yeah where you have to try all the things mm -hmm. anything done well will be done better than everything done poorly right so really picking your favorite channel communication strength um, mm -hmm. is a really solid way to be able to focus that and i'm not saying mm -hmm. in, in today's world it's probably two or three but probably right. not 13 right it's just right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> many yeah 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 that's right Sometimes it feels like an overload, and and I'm saying this not just you know I'm not talking about the MSP space in particular, yeah. but generally when you're part when you're doing you know when you're doing a lot of things and you're part of a lot of communities, be it Slack or anywhere else, but it, it kind of becomes an overload because you, you you don't know there's a lot of conversation happening, and then sometimes I wonder, damn, how how's everyone you know so actively engaging on all of these channels? How is it possible? You know, it's, it's some some kind of a superhuman strength or something. But yes, but uh, what you said resonates with me. You know, you pick you pick one channel that you trust, or you know something that resonates well with you, and then you you go for that instead of you know being all over the place. Yeah, makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, and all right, that's it. Just one question, one last question, <laughs> and then then I'd be done. So, if I were to bring, um, you know. The next speaker who would be the next speaker you think i should bring on the show oh um so of course i'm a fan of nigel moore i've already mentioned uh, he's, um, he's, yeah. he's here yeah yeah so big fan of nigel um i uh i really enjoy working with uh jonathan and ninja rmm uh, he's got yeah. some good side the marketing yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. I enjoy him. I know you've already had Jennifer Bleem on. So yes. um, I, I watched her podcast. I enjoy her. Uh, Heather Margolis is always good to chat with at Channel Maven and Spark Your Channel. Um, okay. uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm no shortage of folks to chat with, along <laughs> with the collecting of books that I do. Um, you know, I, I seem to collect those folks. Oh, Matt Fox from Valiant Technology is okay. hilarious. Okay. Uh, okay. Highly entertaining. Yeah. All right. So, uh, 
I literally can't. <laughs> I, I get it, I get it. Call me back and I'll give you some more. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely, why not? I think uh, the NSP community as such, I think all the leaders out there are fantastic in their own way. Um, some are funny, some are very insightful, some are, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing community. I mean, not just the leaders, when I think about space as such, um, I think it's it's a very uh, it's a tightly knit uh, community, and when when I talk about the space, I mean I, I usually tell my peers, you know, hey, this is not a community; it's more of a fraternity. You know, it's it's once you kind of get to know, you know, the people here in the space, yep. they're friendly, they're very welcoming, and you know, very helpful as well. It's never, you know, hey, I'm going to shut my doors, and you know, there's no entry. It's never like that. It's an amazing, fantastic community. And, and I feel happy building something uh, for this space. So, yeah. Hmm. All yeah, right. Really I'm helping each other in the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when they're competitors, it's sort yes. of like the, um, you may see within a school um, mm -hmm. some animosity, but then when mm -hmm. the count rival comes along, right. like game on. Yeah, Every yeah. Comes so together. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's a fantastic community. I I don't think I'd I'd say that for any other space that I've worked for uh, in the past. But this is this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. So with that, I think uh, I think this is a pretty long session. I didn't know time. Yeah, time just flew by. This is amazing. So thank you so much, Mani. Thank you so much again thank for being you. on the show. And I'm going to look forward to two things. First thing is your book in November and um, having you back on the show again. Oh, I'd love it. That would be yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.